0: This, this is <laughs> Brandon, we have a mouthful of donuts. This, this is writing issues episode season two, episode twenty. <laughs> Watchmen. Watchmen. Watchmen? Fifteen minutes long because you're in a hurry. And we have donuts in our mouths. I've <laughs> finished swallowing on. Brandon bought me donuts for my Hugo nomination. Howard's nominated for Hugo! Yay! <laughs> okay.
1: okay. All right, um, yes, we're going to, last, um, last week we talked about reading critically. This week we wanted to actually see if we can show you how to do this. We're not sure if we'll be able to or not, but we want to give a stab at it. So we, are go- we picked Watchmen, the graphic novel. So for a few, few caveats here. Number one, we are talking about the graphic novel only. We're looking at it as writers. So we're going to try and take the, con- um, the conversation toward how we as writers can learn things from what Watchmen does well, or what it did poorly. Um, this will have spoilers.
0: Spoilerific. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: This will have spoilers. It's We're been out for 20 years. Ends, this is so. your last chance yeah. to yeah. turn
0: it off And um, if you're five. listening
1: out there, have a donut for Howard. Yes. All right. Thank you so much. Watchmen. We'll split it down into the three, um, the three groupings of plot-setting character, all right? Which one was Watchmen best at, in your opinion? Character. character. Okay, I think we're all agreed there. Number two, I'm going to say setting. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. I will um, agree
0: with that. The Easy setting thing. setting was amazing. The alternate 1986 yeah. 87 that they created. It was um, great. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, the, there were some good plot elements too. But
1: my personal feeling is that plot is the weakest. So let's. I will agree. Let's start then with character. What can we learn from character by looking at Watchmen? What did it do well and how did it do it well?
2: Well, one thing that uh, I was really impressed a couple of weeks ago when we had Tracy Hickman on and he was talking about how every character in your story is kind of part of a larger conversation and that uh-huh. they each fill a different role in that. Okay. And what I loved about Watchmen is that each of the main characters is reacting to the same situation in a very different way. Okay. They're all, they have different perspectives, different backgrounds. They, have, they form different plans when they figure out what's going on.
1: Right. They, yeah. It's, he, Alan Moore actually said in an interview once that he was looking at trying to approach the same projects from multiple different perspectives. Mm-hmm. I love it when a book does this. Um, because inevitably I can find several characters who see things like I do and mm-hmm. several characters who don't or most of them I see a little bit like them and a little bit not like them what it meant was is there didn't feel like a single straw man yeah. in the entire yeah. story instead of having one person set up to be the one who is always an idiot doesn't get it mm-hmm. or voices the opinion of the that's different from the author and is just knocked down for doing and it
0: we found yeah. noble traits yeah, in, in all the characters yeah. and the, the part that the, the part that I was uh, I think strongest for me was when we started finding noble traits in the comedian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At the very first, we, we we think, oh no, this poor old man got thrown out a window. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then suddenly we were like, oh gosh, he was a horrible, horrible yeah, he's person. he's a rapist. He's a I mean, he's a rapist and murderer. A murderer. Yeah. And he's, um, but for all that, he uh, there's there's this. Tarnished golden heart yeah. under there, mm-hmm. yeah. and he weeps for humanity. Yeah, um, and, mm-hmm. and that that moment where uh, the moment
1: where she, where what's her name, the Silk Spectre two discovers that he's her father, and we see kind of that that the Silk Spectre one still in love with him was a wonderful moment.
0: Yeah, yeah for me, it was uh, looking back at the moment where he was uh, uh, in Moloch's. Uh, mm-hmm. Bedroom, yes. yeah, absolutely. and is, is crying, and, right. crying over because, the list. yeah, crying over the list because he's discovered that, you know, the world is even more horrible than he thought yeah. it was. And okay,
1: so what we're saying here, character worked well because they're well rounded.
2: Yeah, well, and because the plot managed to give every single character really great moments like that. Okay, it gave yeah. them time to shine.
1: It gave them motivations. Mm-hmm. It set up everybody's motivations. And it explained multiple motivations inside of a lot of the characters, contrasting them. Um, can we dig deeper? The, the characters are just brilliant in this. How? What is the foundation? What was Alan Moore doing that made this work so he was well? breaking
0: superheroes. Okay. Was, is what he was doing. Okay. He was mm-hmm. taking the concept of a superhero. He was taking the concept of a supervillain. And he was wrapping it through some of the darkest periods in uh, mm-hmm. our nation, yeah. our world's history. Right. The Vietnam War, mm-hmm. World War II. Cold War. Cold, yeah. Cold War, War. Yeah. all of that. And he was saying, all right, there is no room in these types of times for uh, a, a Boy Scout Superman. Right? Um, evil, horrible things are going to happen, and the most powerful people on Earth are going to happen them. I mm-hmm. think
1: part of it was juxtaposition. Um, The juxtaposition is what oftentimes will round a character for me, and looking at Watchmen, he will give you one aspect of his character and juxtapose within that same character an opposite, and yet give motivations for both of them so that when they come together, you see a person and not a caricature.
2: Yeah. One one point that we've made in a couple of different episodes is that a way to avoid cliché is simply to try to treat your characters and such very plausibly. Mm-hmm. Don't let them be a formula, but let them be real people. And that's what he does here. Is these are superheroes who are not just out you know, punching crooks and saving banks. They are questioning you know, their own role in society more yeah, so than we, we usually see. What type of person puts on a yeah. mask and
1: goes yeah. out and punches crooks and, and save and banks? And really,
2: the, it sounds so simple when you just say, you just say it. He took them as realistically as he could and treated them like real people instead of like characters. What's interesting
0: about this is that, um, you know, let's talk about juxtaposition again for a moment. The artwork in The Watchmen Mm -hmm. is classic, uh, you know, DC Comics, Marvel Mm -hmm. Comics, yeah, very uh, superhero artwork. It was very... I'm not not knocking the art. I'm just saying uh, it was not... You know, gritty pencils. Mm-hmm. It was not stark, you know, yeah. Frank Miller black and white mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, it was very mainstream art, and, and that's what we were accustomed to seeing our superheroes portrayed in. Mm-hmm. And so, in that context, Alan Moore's writing is even starker. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: It really um, out? I just wrote down here the different personalities, just off the list of why people became superheroes, and it comes down to motivation. I think motivation is so important for characters, and people skip it. And why are these different characters um, motivated to be superheroes? One is a psychopath.
0: Okay? Yeah. One is, oh, I love Rorschach. One, you have to love yeah. Rorschach. Rorschach,
1: and he's my favorite probably character. Probably the best
2: character yeah. in that.
1: He's a psychopath. One is a mercenary. He's a sociopath. Sociopath. Uh,
2: well, no. he's a Sociopath sp- is a yeah. kind of psychopathy.
1: Yeah. He, he, okay. he wants to punish the wicked yeah. in an exaggerated, overwe- overbearing mm-hmm. way um there's a mercenary mm-hmm. comedian's a mercenary he's doing it for the glory and the money yeah one is a fanboy he mm-hmm. made a fanboy of superheroes who wanted to go out and put on a costume and be a fanboy who i think is the other strongest yeah. character he's yeah. awesome oh night owl he's... one is just an arrogant egotist mm-hmm. um i love him but adrian's arrogant he wants to do it because he, he wants to save the world well,
2: and there, there's an element of sociopathy in yeah. uh, in adrian as well he really does see himself oh, when very superior describe, to everyone when he else starts
0: describing the fact that he's been orphaned um more is contrasting adrian veidt with rorschach yeah. because we are seeing broken homes in both yes. of them mm-hmm. which is supposed to twig us to the fact that hey adrian veidt he's, he's a sociopath yeah, he's
2: messed up too
1: <laughs> um one character's mother made her yeah. That do how many things that, do that we do because because family expects Mom made us? Me Mom made me living up to and the legacy. Then there's Doctor Manhattan who just does it because it's what he's been doing. It's yeah. like that's what you do, and he he has never questioned it. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, just you he know. is as close to the Boy Scout superhero yeah. as any of them are, and yet he is he he is increasingly detached yeah. from the human mm-hmm. condition. And again. Uh, coming to the artwork this is why dr manhattan is in, in the the later uh you know the the la- the later issues mm-hmm. is always naked yeah because yeah. whatever social it, mores yeah, or cultural constraints that them. has nothing yeah. to do with what he's about well,
2: and you know we're talking about motivations in each in dr manhattan's character arc it's about motivation yeah Is he doesn't really get his motivation he can't until
0: figure out his series. motivation yeah yeah. Oh, the, there, were, there were two lines in the movie, that or in the movie, in the book, that really stuck out for me. Uh, early on, there's Rorschach climbing into the comedian's apartment, mm-hmm. who's saying, you know, they will cry out and say, save us, yeah. and I will say, no. Mm. And mm-hmm. then there's Dr. Manhattan saying, why should I save a world I have no stake in? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so here we have... Our psychotic character and our Boy Scout character both arriving at the same conclusion. Yeah, I'm not mm-hmm. going to save the world. How can you use this? How can our writers use this? <laughs> well, that's, a, that's an example. That's an example of a parallelism. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you, look at, you, you look okay. at that. You take a character and you do something really interesting with a character that is tied to a unique character flaw or mm-hmm. a unique character okay. strength, and then you go to another character who has a different set of flaws and strengths. And you arrive at the same conclusion. Okay. You know, okay. And that, that sort of parallelism well, is strong.
2: And it makes them feel very real.
0: Um, also tying it together. Um,
1: people's motivations loop. are tied to their past, which is tied to the other characters, so it all gets networked. All right. We spoke 10 minutes on character. Well,
2: but, <laughs> but
0: that's fittingly, what the that's, book did yeah. best. That's, that's what yeah. the book
1: did best. Let's take a little bit about, talk about setting. What did it do well with setting? What did it do poorly with setting?
2: Um, my favorite part about it was... Uh, that the the uh, technology and the politics had been impacted by the existence of superheroes okay you know they really kind of treated that plausibly that if these beings actually exist right then the world is not going to go the same direction that ours is going
1: okay yeah, yeah. um i thought it was intriguing mm-hmm. and the, well, the
0: idea of what what would happen if the united states won in vietnam yeah and alan moore's uh alan moore's conclusion is if we'd won in vietnam uh, instead of being humbled, we would have become a, uh, you know, Very a fascist arrogant. superpower. Mm.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, I liked it because it was subtle.
1: And I think this is what people can learn. I think the more subtle your world building is, the more subtle your, your, your setting is as it's introduced, Absolutely. generally the better it's going to you be. You know,
2: one of the coolest things they did in there was they filled that world with Zeppelins and airships mm-hmm. and they never matter. Yeah. They're there all the time But they're never important to the story. No one ever rides in one. It's just a very subtle element to clue you in about how this world is
1: different. Nixon running
2: for whatever his fifth
1: term, fourth term, Fourth
0: term. Um,
1: I think it's mentioned once or twice, barely even. I mean, it's there, and you. It takes a little bit of time to figure out that it's even Mm -hmm. alternate world, Um, Mm -hmm. which is you know it just did wonderfully. one thing, if I'm going to offer a criticism, we're here to offer criticism. Mm-hmm. When we criticize something, it does not mean, oh, look how much better we are than them. We're trying to learn as a writer and say, what did this person perhaps not do as well, or what would I change? Um, one thing that itched at me with the setting throughout all of this was that the premise was, what if superheroes were real? And yet, all, all the characters except Dr. Manhattan have no powers. Mm-hmm. It has. Tr- I have trouble believing that they are capable of, of what, doing the what, things yeah, that they did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, they
0: say all of them except Doctor Manhattan have no powers. Yeah, um, Adrian. Vite, Vite, and yeah. Night Owl uh, were backed up by technology.
1: They were, but Vite doing the stuff that he did, does. Yeah, he's And I mean, yeah. when, when they Catching they're fighting, he catches a bullet. I mean mm-hmm. that exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, that I could not quite reconcile that because mm-hmm. it was as if the text are trying to tell me we're looking at this real. And yet, superheroes all have super speed and super strength. Yeah. It feels like to me. Yeah. So, all right. I will agree there. Plot. Um. You. We. We identified plot as the the worst point. Um, let's know, let's people, ask this question. When people, yeah. when
0: people uh, complain about the plot okay. in uh, Watchmen. They, the first thing they point at is the giant squid uh-huh. uh, mm-hmm. at the end. It, it's never called the giant squid in the <laughs> right. book, but they, they look at that and they say, wow, that just kind of came out of nowhere. It wasn't properly foreshadowed. It wasn't properly set up. And it seemed so silly. Uh, it just wasn't done well. For me, um, yeah, I didn't like the giant squid much, but the part I had a problem with was the, the uh, unfolding of the mystery mm-hmm. did not seem convoluted enough. It was a very very simple mystery. I, well, see, at the same time, I felt it was it was a stretch. Um,
1: if Adrian, when he explains his backstory, his where it, this is like issue 11. Um, yeah. It should have been the high point, and yet that was a low point to me because he got up and essentially monologued for the entire issue. Um, I have to give you my backstory, and I have to explain what I've just done. Now, smartly, they hang a lantern on it, or however you yeah. call it, and screen. They're like they're like I yep. wouldn't be telling you yep. all yep. this if yep. there was any
0: possibility you could Which, yeah, me. Which, you know, zips it Which back is... up
1: into coolness um, a little the bit. The other but... thing
0: about that uh, about that issue that was problematic, and I don't know if I've got my facts entirely straight on this, but uh, my understanding is that there was so much script in there yeah. that uh, Gibbons wasn't able to illustrate the, the combat scenes ah. the way he wanted to be able to. And, you know, they had to fit it in a 24-page comic book. Yeah. And so there were compromises made, and that's one of the problems of working within that form. They had a deadline, they had a page count limit they were working to, Mm -hmm. they had an overall volume limit they were working to. And it was a collaborative work Yeah, Yeah, and it was a collaborative work, and they made compromises in that issue, which I think is why it fell flat for you. If it had been done differently... We could have had Adrian monologuing, we could have had them fighting, and it could have been more climactic.
1: Um, I think this may come into what I said last time, which I had trouble explaining, which is, at this point, I don't know if it could have been done better under the restrictions that they were under. Under those restrictions. Mm -hmm. Under those restrictions. um, It's it's hard to point and say, wow, you should have done a better job. Well, you know what? I have the luxury. Luxury. (laughs) Luxury. (laughs) I can write a whole book, um, sometimes an entire series, and then go back and foreshadow and revise and make it work they've they're releasing releasing issues every couple of months mm-hmm. and working on the next one and releasing you know monthly the, and
2: the, and mm-hmm. the the on the same note the uh the what's the pirate story the black yeah whatever black forget, the black frigate. frigate i loved that story but i think that uh, the core story was better off without it and yet the needs of the medium kind of forced them into including that mm. okay um, they originally were going to have those pages used for letters and such, and the editors said, "No, we're not going to put the letters from the fans and that kind of stuff into these books." So they filled that space with this Black Frigate kind of side story, mm-hmm. which is excellent, yeah. but I do think makes the narrative more. Wacky the Black than it needs Frigate to be.
0: parts. The Black Frigate parts were difficult to read, and that is an aspect of the form. I have to confess, I, I'm not very good at reading comic books. Okay. I like reading fast, and with a comic book. Um, you should be spending as much time looking at the picture in the panel, right. at least, as you spent reading the dialogue in the panel and interpreting the panel. And in the Black Frigate pages, there's you, you as you look at that, you realize, okay, I'm being told two stories in parallel. I'm watching the kid reading the comic. Mm-hmm. There's a conversation with the mm-hmm. newsman. And I'm reading the Black Frigate. And that's hard to do. I actually loved it.
1: Um, it, some it's of my fun. favorite parts of the, and I think it adds, so I'm going to disagree, I think it adds wonderfully not to the it entire detracts, story. I'm saying that but it's, it's difficult for the reader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's
0: a challenge to this read. This is
1: a mind-blowing work. Yeah. It's, you do not get what you're expecting when you sit down to read it. I did not, I've been told this is the best graphic novel ever. Yeah, 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 I know. It's going to be, I read, sat down and I just could not it was just mind-numbing. Yeah, you, you really
2: um, don't expect it to yeah, be as good as it is.
1: It can't—yeah, it, but—all right, we are out of time. Hopefully that showed you, um, you readers, a little bit how we analyze— I analyzed Watchmen a lot when I was reading it, saying, why is this having an emotional impact on me? Why is mm-hmm. it having an intellectual, intellectual impact on me? How can I use it? And what parts of it are brilliant but I can't use because they don't work for the type of thing I'm trying to do? Um, anyone got any final say- words? Go right, read prompt. it. Go read it. Yeah, go read it. <laughs> writing prompt. Howard, you're the graphic uh, guy, so give us, a, give us a writing prompt.
0: Okay, uh, let's, take, um, let's take something from the, the setting that we talked about. Uh, using some of the ideas from The Watchmen, uh, write yourself a setting for an alternate 2009 okay. in which... Um, some major dramatic, uh, a different president won.
1: Uh, or... In which, I, in yeah, which a different president won. Yeah. Okay, alternate 2009. Go for it. This has been writing excuses.
3: If you aren't familiar with Locus magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction.